1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give thanks for your word this morning and instruction to us on this issue of spiritual gifts and the body of Christ. God, we ask this morning that you would give us wisdom and application for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. How many here like a good coupon? No, I was actually expecting a little bigger thing. I figure we're kind of coupon people thing. I mean, what's better than a good coupon when you go to Hy-Vee, buy your groceries, and you look on the back, and what do you see? Free lunch at Pizza Inn when you buy lunch. I mean... I just leave the grocery store excited thing. Whenever you have a good coupon, you usually get excited. Why? Because now you're going to get one of your needs met at what? A great price. That's the whole idea behind a coupon, right? That's the whole reason you even look for coupons, right? Is because you want to find something that meets one of your needs at a good deal for yourself. Really, what you could, you could think of our whole life being described that you and I are coupon consumers. This is basically our life, right? We're looking constantly for something to meet our needs at the lowest cost to ourselves. But we all agree that's pretty much the way we live. We want to find something that's in our best interest for the lowest possible cost, whether that be investment of time, investment of financial resources, investment of emotional resources. We want to put in the least amount and what? Still get the most out of it that meets our needs. It makes sense if you're a consumer to think that way and to live that way, to have a coupon consumer mentality. The problem is, is that coupon consumer mentality doesn't always look for the benefit of the whole because the mentality of the coupon consumer is to find the best deal for the individual. But when we begin to understand that we don't live as individuals, we actually live as one connected with others, we begin to see that we can't look for the best of the individual, but we have to look for the best of the whole. None of us in this room live in a vacuum. None of us. 
Whatever happens in the economy as a whole or in society as a whole affects all of us. No one in here is able to say, nothing affects me that happens in culture. We're constantly affected by decisions that are made in the community. It affects all of our lives as individuals. So in that sense, whenever we make a decision, it affects the community as a whole. But more than that, as Christians, because of our lives in Christ, we are connected with one another under the authority of Jesus. Because of that, therefore, we should be looking for the health of the whole because the health of the individual depends upon the health of the whole. Does that make sense? The health of the individual depends upon the health of the whole. So actually, we should maybe never even ask, how are you doing? But rather, how is your community doing? Because when the community is healthy, we can be healthy. And it goes back to our non-negotiable from last week. It's the same non-negotiable today, that in Christ, we are connected with others under the authority of Jesus. In other words, we can find it stated a different way here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. In other words, you are connected to one another. You do not exist as a Christian, as an individual. But the moment you declare Jesus as Lord, you're incorporated into the body of Christ and connected with others. You're members of each other. And just as when something happens in our body, it affects the whole body, the same should be true in our lives. When one thing happens in one individual's life, it should affect the life of the whole. We're connected one with another. And when we begin to understand our life and the vision of community, we begin to understand that all of a sudden, this coupon consumer mode doesn't always work the best. Because if everybody is looking to get the cheapest for themselves that meets their needs, what's going to happen? Everybody wants it their own way at the lowest common denominator. You end up really with nobody getting their way at all. We need to shift from a coupon consumer mentality to a connected servant mentality. And that's what I believe 1 Corinthians 12 would have for us this morning. That we would shift from being a consumer to being a servant. Shift from being focused on a coupon, what's best for me, to shift to being connected, what's best for the community. And so we're going to jump ahead today and going to run things a little bit different during our sermon. We're actually going to start with the practical application first and work through the practical application together. Because of our non-negotiable that in Christ we are connected with one another, therefore, the practical application of that, the first one is this, is that all of us should serve in some capacity. The whole argument of 1 Corinthians 12 here is that every member of the body has been gifted a certain way. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Verses 4 through 7 makes the same argument in different ways. It keeps saying that there's a variety of gifts, same spirit, varieties of service, same Lord, varieties of activities, same God. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So in summary, what that's really saying is that each person is given the manifestation to bring about that gift, that service, that activity by the one God for the common good. In other words, everybody has to be active 
for the good of the whole. Everybody here this morning has been uniquely designed. Look with me down at verse 14. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Think of the uniqueness of your pinky versus your kneecap. Two totally different body parts, two totally different functions. They have great uniqueness, yet both play a role in the body as a whole. You are created with uniqueness, but your uniqueness is not for the sake of uniqueness. Let me say that again. Your uniqueness is not for the sake of uniqueness. And this is the way we usually think about this, right? Because we want to promote diversity and uniqueness. Very good things. But diversity and uniqueness are not an end in and of themselves. The beauty of diversity is that it reflects the creativity of God. So actually the end goal that you're shooting for when you ask for diversity is not diversity so you have diversity, but so that you see the beauty of God's creation for all that it's worth. And the beauty of uniqueness is not just so that we can be unique, but the goal of uniqueness is that we need each unique part for the good of the whole. So the end goal is not your uniqueness, but the end goal is that you would contribute to the good of the body. So this morning, you could say that you are uniquely created. Everyone in this room has got different tendencies. Everyone in this room is wired a little bit differently. And some of you are kind of wondering where the wiring came from, but that's for another day. Everybody here wired uniquely, but not just to be unique, but rather so that you have something to offer the body as a whole. We need every gift operational. We need every part of the body operational for the body to succeed. Applying it now to the level of the church. So when you think of a church, and in a church the Bible tells us there's a variety of gifts. There's the variety of leadership of preaching. There's the variety of miracles. There's the variety of gift of prophecy, of speaking in tongues. There's the gifts of mercy, of counseling. A church needs all of those gifts working together as one body for a church to be healthy. A body's not healthy if part of its ligaments aren't working. A body needs every member working. If you hurt your big toe today, so if you go home and you stub your big toe and you've got to go get stitches on your big toe, and then someone asks how you are, you might say, eh, doing okay, I had to get stitches. Well, it's only stitches on your big toe. So shouldn't you say you're okay? Even though it's just your big toe, it's still a part of your body, and that part affects the health of the whole. And so we need each part doing its role for the body to be healthy. And why? Because each part is unique, and so therefore, when all of us are created uniquely, not one of us has all of the traits needed to make the body healthy. I've said this multiple times over and over again. If it was just me, we'd be in a world of hurt thing. I have no mercy, very little compassion, very little patience. I'm horrible at listening and spending time with people. A church ain't going to go far on that resume. So you need people that have different gifts to come alongside and fill out the body as a whole. 
if it was all dependent upon you this morning, we'd be in a world of hurt because there'd be certain things missing. All of us bring a unique role to the body, but we need each part functioning for the health of the body. So this morning's practical application is extremely practical. We need everyone serving in some capacity. And therefore, in your bulletin this morning is just an insert that's got a list of what? Service opportunities. Areas where we need people giving of their time and their talent so what? The church as a whole can function. So the church as a whole not only can function and maintain, but the church can grow. This morning the question is, is each of us serving in some capacity? The second practical application this morning is join a small group. Well, what, now it seems like we're shifting gears. So it was serve in some capacity, now it's join in a small group. Where does this come from? Well, this comes from 1 Corinthians 12. Look with me down at verse 25, 26, and 27. 25, 26, and 27. So in here we're getting the illustration of the human body is the church. And now we get to the kind of description. It says, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Remember how we're moving from being a coupon consumer to a connected servant? Well, this is the connected part. We could serve all day long, but we have to be connected with one another so that what? We can care for one another. Look with me at verse 25. It ends with that phrase, have the same care for one another. There's only one way that we can care for one another, and that's if we're in relationship with one another. It's absolutely impossible for us to appropriately care for one another if we talk for three or four minutes on a Sunday. It's not possible. And because, let's just be honest with ourselves, for the most part, that conversation is surface level. How was your week? What do you think of the weather? What did you think of the game last night? What are you going to do this afternoon? Yes, that sometimes it's asking how so-and-so is doing. But for the most part, we're not getting down into the weeds of saying, really struggling right now with, with this temptation at work to try and be, to do this. Or I'm really struggling at home right now with patience with my children. We don't do that on Sunday morning conversation. We need to be connected in a deeper level of relationship with one another so that what? So that we can care for one another. And here's what we have to do then, is we have to allow others to care for us. Right? Most of us, let's be honest, most of us are pretty bad at this, right? If we need help with something, we're pretty good at saying, hey, I'll jump in and help. But we very rarely let other people care for us. Because then we feel like what? We're not carrying our own weight. Because we've got this mindset that we're in it alone rather than we're connected to one another. So we have to first allow people to care for us. The only way that people can care for us if they really know what's going on. The thoughts that I'm having, the struggles that I'm having, what I'm trying to work through. So we have to allow others to care for us and then care for one another. And the best way for this to happen is in small groups. You can call them whatever you want. Community groups, life groups, cell groups. I don't name it whatever you want to name it. Coffee, whatever. But we have to be together routinely with other Christians 
so that we can study God's word and then figure out how to apply that to our lives and also look at our lives and ask ourselves the question, where in my life do I need God's word to speak? We need to be in relationship with one another. And the best place for this to happen is small groups. My challenge this morning is that all of us would be in a small group. I'm not just promoting a church program this morning so that for, we can have larger numbers in a church program. Who cares? Thing. The reason for the program is to accomplish a goal from God's word. The goal is care for one another, build one another up. So therefore, the program we put in place for that is small groups. I know this is going to sound radical. I would contend from Scripture that one cannot faithfully follow Jesus Christ by only attending Sunday morning worship. I would contend that you cannot faithfully follow Jesus Christ, be proclaimed a Christian by only attending Sunday morning worship. But you have to be connected with other followers of Christ, studying God's word so that you can care for one another, build one another up so that we can be faithful and so that we can serve together as the body of Christ. This morning we have an opportunity to care for one another. Why? Because we are interconnected. It's not about us, but it's about the health of the whole. And so what happens is this. We have to move from this mindset of saying, how can I get what's best for me at the lowest price, to saying, how can I connect with other Christians and put aside my preferences for the sake of the health of the whole? Because when the whole is healthy, then I'm going to be healthy as an individual. Because I'm no longer just Rich McCorris, but I'm Rich McCorris, a child of God who's a member of the body of Christ. My new identity is not an individual identity, but it's a communal identity as one who's a member of the body of Christ. That's who you are if you say, Jesus is Lord. This morning is the opportunity for all of us to serve in some capacity and for all of us to join a small group so that we can be connected together. But there's a kicker. There's a kicker, and the kicker is this. We could all sign up today and start participating and, and give of our time. All of us could join a small group this morning, but there's one piece that has to be present for it all to succeed. If you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13, and you shouldn't even really have to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, what well, maybe the top five Bible passage of all time because it's used in the majority of weddings. Actually, in weddings... It's used out of context. Not, it's appropriate that husbands and wives love one another, but 1 Corinthians 13 is written for what? The church family. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is all talking about a local church and how to get along. So the issue before us today is this. When we join a small group, when we decide to serve, the question is, is our way going to be one of love? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 together. Verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This little description should be a description of our relationship with one another. 
that our relationship is guided by love. Notice you don't see anywhere in this description gossip, bitterness, rage, insubordination. Nowhere does that describe the behavior of the body of Christ. But what should describe the body of Christ is kindness, gentleness, not looking out for one's own interest, but rather looking out for the interest of a whole. In the body of Christ, we do not rejoice when one of our own stumbles, but rather we rejoice when they are restored. In the body of Christ, we do not live in disappointment, we do not live in dismay, but we rejoice in hope as we love one another. As we join small groups and as we serve in some capacity, we ultimately have to be in love with one another. We have to be in love with one another. Otherwise, the small groups are just a coffee group. Otherwise, our serving is just a human activity. But rather, we're called to live in love with one another. And this is best ultimately lived out and described by Jesus himself. Jesus himself was not a coupon consumer. Jesus was a suffering servant. Jesus was one who says, it's not about my comfort, but rather it's about the good of the whole. As it says in John chapter 10, that Jesus voluntarily laid down his life so that you and I could have life. Jesus did not come to be served, but Jesus came to serve. Jesus came and lived the perfect life where he was loved. He loved his neighbor as he loved himself. And ultimately, Jesus did not look to his own good, but he looked to our good first. Jesus was a servant. And now Jesus asks you and I, as his followers, to join with him in being a servant, connected with one another, being his body here on earth, specifically here in Sioux Falls. It's best lived out when we ourselves live out what Jesus himself lived out. And that was the fact that Jesus Christ came. And when Jesus came, he came and he offered his life as a ransom. In other words, Jesus offered his body to pay a price. Jesus did not come and offer his body for his own privilege or his own pleasure. But rather, Jesus came and offered himself as a ransom. And therefore, we celebrate this morning in communion the fact that Jesus was a servant. And as you come forward this morning and receive communion, you receive the forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven. But as you are forgiven by Jesus, you're also called by Jesus to now go out as a servant. And so this morning, as you receive Christ's body and Christ's blood, let it be a reminder to you that you as well are to be a servant, offering your life for the good of many, not just for yourself. And so Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you this morning acknowledging that oftentimes we have turned our backs on you. 
we acknowledge to you that many times we have sought our own interests rather than the interest of the community. God, we ask this morning now through the body and the blood of Christ that you would forgive us and restore us. We ask this morning that you'd restore us to relationship with you, that you'd restore us to have a heart of love for you. We also ask this morning that you'd restore us to relationship with one another and restore us to have love for one another. God, consume us with your love so that we may love as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.